Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going really good, Andrew. We have a big weekend coming up, especially for the Pacers team, because it's the half marathon in Nicolay Bay 5K, right? Yes, it is. So getting ramped up for that. Uh, We have a little bit of news this week, and then we're going to spend some time talking with Aaliyah about a couple articles that she wrote for the upcoming issue. Uh, But why don't we... why don't we jump into the half marathon a little bit? We've we've talked about it a couple times now as we've been ramping up for it. Uh, but the the thing that I really wanted to talk about is kind of the economic impact that the sure. half marathon has had, uh, especially its role in kind of expanding the shoulder seasons a little bit. Um, when did the half marathon start, and what what about it is is interesting in that in that way? Sure. Um, well, it really started back in I, I think it was two thousand eight in the the fall of two thousand eight that or maybe it was fall of two thousand seven actually. That uh, Dave Elliott, Lars Johnson, and some other folks were, and and Dave and his his now wife Krista, who is a, a very experienced marathoner. So Dave had spent a lot of time going and attending and watching marathons, not taking part in them, but watching Krista cross a lot of finish lines. And uh, they got this idea that man, man, we should do something like this in Door County. Yeah, he was like, I can do this. Maybe not the running <laughs> part, but everything else. So it kind of literally started over the breakfast table at Al's. Which is where all of Northern Door's work gets done. Right. <laughs> um, the idea was, all right, let's do something like this, and now let's do it in a, a shoulder season, an otherwise dead weekend, and get people to open their doors. And it really was a, a vital component of the, the original thinking was, how do we make an economic impact with this thing? Right. So from the very beginning, it, it was a, a purposeful choice to put it where it is in the season. Exactly. And so they picked... Uh, the first Saturday in May, and that was a time, um, people maybe don't remember that now, but um, I talked to hotels who said that, you know, the year prior to the half marathon, they might have had one or two rooms on that weekend, and two years later, they were fully booked on that weekend. So it had it made a very dramatic impact right away, and then it just kept growing. I mean, the first year was about 580 total participants. This year, it'll be over 2,300 total participants and filling up hotel rooms from Egg Harbor up to Sister Bay. Ten years ago, when was the start of the season, really? When did most people start opening their doors again? I mean, you would argue that Memorial Day was about as soon as things really got going up here. When I had Husbies, that was the first big weekend, and basically you were you were hoping things would pick up earlier. They've tried a lot of promotions over the years to pick it up. They did like a season of Blossoms, the Blossom Festival at one time it was called, and... It's really sporadic because one year the blossoms might start popping the last week of April and the next year it might be the third week of May and and maybe even Memorial Day. And so it's hard to market that and really get a central weekend that everyone comes up because if you market Blossom Festival and you're like, come on up, it starts May 3rd. This year you might not see much. Um, In fact, it's May 2nd as we record this and I'm not seeing a heck of a lot out there. Right. So it's hard to market that festival. But yeah, with the half marathon, it took off right away. And what's pretty awesome to see is just going around in Sister Bay over this last weekend, 
and having there be a wait for lunch at several restaurants as you walk around town in April. And really, a lot of these places now start opening two weeks ago. The first year we did the half marathon, we had to literally beg some places to open their doors so that things would be open for the, all the runners we were bringing up here. Right. So. I have two barometers for when the season kind of kicks off for me. The first is because uh, I pull out of my neighborhood onto 42. So it's, do I get to go right away or do I have to wait for cars? That's the first thing that right. I'm like, oh, now I know. Uh, and then the second one is because I take the back roads to work is can I find parking right in front of the Pulse at Bailey's Harbor? Yeah. So once I can't do those two things, then I know like, oh, people are here. And I think the first the first real time that that happened this year was the Brown Trout Tournament. But then again, that's Bailey's Harbor's biased because yeah. you're not going to see a ton of people in Fish Creek or Egg Harbor for the Brown Trout Tournament. And all those boat trailers fill up extra parking spots. Right. That's the other thing. You know, uh, it gets harder to park. But I, I've started to really consider the half marathon to be kind of the big start of the season. Uh, and I think that the half marathon might even be uh, a component to why things like the Brown Trout Tournament are so successful because people are thinking about Door County as an early spring destination. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't really speak for the fishermen, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it, it definitely is, I think, become kind of the kickoff for uh, a lot of places getting their patios open, like the Garage Bar opens this weekend for this event. Uh, Stabur will have their beer garden open in downtown Sister Bay for this event. Grassy's Grill will open up uh, as of yesterday. Um, so a lot of these places that might have waited a couple more weeks are are opening up early. And I think, yeah, this year with the construction in Ephraim, maybe kind of pushing things to even more so, pushing some of our runners into other towns, at least the night before the event, might, might drive a few more businesses. Because the Ephraim is actually, ironically, that's where we have packet pickup, and we have a lot of great motel sponsors in Ephraim. But there's really not a lot of dining options there yet. They Most of them don't open until later in May still. So it's going to be interesting with uh, Packet Pickup this year in Baylish Harbor, where a lot of restaurants are already in full swing. Right. Uh, how many runners come into Door County every year for the half marathon? So there's 2,300 runners. And of those, every single runner comes with a friend or family member or multiple friends that aren't running the race, but are there to cheer them on and take a, a weekend in Door County. We purposely put the race on a Saturday rather than a Sunday to encourage people to come up Friday, run the race Saturday, and then hang out all day Saturday and stay another night. If we did it on Sunday, you'd have a lot of people just come in Saturday and take off Sunday. So it was purposely uh, designed to try and, and get two night stays at least out of a lot of these runners that are coming up here. Of those 2,300 runners, 90% of them come from outside of Door County. Um, so that is, that's like 1,800 people or more every year that are coming in and have to stay somewhere. And our surveys show that most of these people stay in hotels, campgrounds, B&Bs, vacation rental homes. So they're all spending a lot of money on lodging. They're spending money on gas. They're spending money at our shops. And they're spending a lot of money in bars and restaurants. <laughs> like they, they all go out to eat multiple times in those couple of days. So they're, it, they're all spending. Yeah, they, they're not spending, obviously, while they're running that race, but they're spending all over the county, even just uh, the state park system. This weekend, they will sell um, they sell roughly eight to ten thousand dollars more in park stickers, park passes than they did on this weekend before the half marathon started. So it's pumping a lot of money into the state park system as well. Well, and the the number that you threw out there is pretty interesting, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I want to hit it again. The like, let's round it to just down to to two thousand people coming up here. And, and like you said, each one of those is probably bringing at least one other person with them. So that's right. 4,000 people right there. And then if you think like uh, a portion of that is going to be your kind of like nuclear family with uh, a partner and a child, that's you get to triple that number. So that's now 9,000 people that are coming into the county, give or take. That's, that's a 
significant. Yeah, and you and you see it in the restaurants. You see these restaurants with people wearing their race shirt the day after the event, uh, Sunday morning going around and seeing people at breakfast and brunch. I love seeing all the half marathon shirts walking around town, people with the medals on their neck Saturday afternoon. Um, if they're still wearing it Sunday, they're okay. They're pushing the limits on how long you're allowed to wear that medal, but but good on them. And then, uh, yeah, of those people, we also have rough. Our surveys show that roughly 100 to 200 runners each year have never been to Door County before. So you are introducing them to Door County, and you're introducing them to the best part of Door County, which is Peninsula State Park and all the people of this county that are volunteering and helping get them to the finish line. And so many of the business owners in Northern Door actually play a part in volunteering. So, and we're doing it early in the season, so everyone's not already worn out by being asked to volunteer for everything else all summer. So we kind of get an advantage there in that so many of the people that help us are in such a good mood and so happy to see people returning to the county and see the business back in town. So I can't think of a better way to give first-timers the best impression of Door County. And if only of those couple hundred people, if we only get 25 of them to become returnees, you think of the economic impact that has. The half marathon introduces them to the county. They come back again later this year. Maybe they start making it an annual tradition. Maybe 10 years from now, they're buying a vacation home here. And once they do that, now they now you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's not something we can quantify, but I'm very confident that there's probably, you know, the, the long-term economic impact beyond this weekend. I mean, the, using basic state formulas for economic impact, the race has a $1 to $1.8 million impact on this weekend alone in the local economy. But when you think long-term like that, if you just create one lifetime visitor to the county, now you, you, start, you start talking major, major dollars. So where are you at in the process right now? Uh, you've, you've been spending all week getting everything cleaned up over at Peninsula State Park from the winter and getting the the, the race set up and ready to go. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so you've got one more day of that before packet pickup. Is that how this works? Well, it is uh, Thursday, Andrew. It's not Thursday. You're lying. Oh, my God, it is Thursday. <laughs> so we are recording this on Thursday. And uh, so what this week entails is just uh, really the last few weeks, it ramps up a lot. We, we, we meet. All, all year long working with sponsors. We've had to do a lot to coordinate around the highway closure in Ephraim to get more information out to runners to make sure they know how to get to the park and, and get there the fastest way possible and the easiest way possible, the easiest way for them to understand the back roads. <laughs> you know, so many people who come here have never been off 42 or 57. And we've got to direct them around that. Uh, recruiting volunteers at the last second. And then cleaning up the park, marking the roads. There's We had guys putting up the tents yesterday in 40-mile-an-hour winds down there, cl- literally pumping water out of the concourse. There is There was at one point about 12 inches of um, runoff and rainwater just even up to a couple of days ago, filling the Nicolay Bay grassy area. So we literally have to pump that out of there. Um, but everything's coming together really nice. We got a, we've got we got a good crew that's been doing this a long time. Brian Fitzgerald heads everything up. Dave Elliott does a lot of the marketing and uh, imagery and logo work affiliated with it. Um, Aaliyah Kidd here in the office has been helping us this year. And then Freddie Bexel from ALS has been our concourse director from day one. Jake Danen does a great job with the 5K. So we've got all those, plus Jordan Burris, and Joni with Allison coordinating all the loose ends, the registration, the, the volunteers. There's just so many of these people are experienced at it. So it just it puts my mind at ease compared to those first couple of years where we were scrambling <laughs> to get this thing off the ground. But yeah, everything looks like it's falling into place and the weather looks good for Saturday. So it's, I think it's last I checked, 50s and mostly sunny. 
So we might get lucky again. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see you there. Uh, I'll be there as well. If you see me walking around with a microphone in my hand, don't hesitate to come up and chat with me. Um, it should be a good weekend. I'm excited to, to take part in it. So why don't we move on? Uh, we'll, we'll get into some news and some uh, Pulse-centric stuff here in a second. But before that, I wanted to talk about the new issue of Door County Living Magazine. Yeah. When did that come out? Uh, it's hitting newsstands this week. Uh, it should be dropping all over the place. Uh, it should be, it's a free magazine, so people can grab it at stores, restaurants, uh, hotels. It'll be all over for our runners this weekend. It'll be in their packets. So you can't miss it if you go around Door County by Friday. Give us a little sneak peek of the issue. What are some exciting things that you can look forward to? Uh, well, for me, I wrote a story that I've wanted to write for a long time. Back in 1972, Bob Hope visited my hometown, Egg Harbor, Wisconsin. And Egg Harbor is a small town now. In 1972, it was a tiny little dust bowl of a town. A few bars, a convenience store, a small grocery store, and not much open beyond Labor Day. And Bob Hope, who at that time was about as famous as you could be as an entertainer in the United States, he was he hosted the Oscars more than any other person. He hosted it 19 times at a time when the Oscars would be watched by roughly half the population. And he was possibly the most famous golfer in the world. And I had come across these pictures of him wearing like an old red Egg Harbor sweatshirt and at Casey's restaurant in Egg Harbor. That's what I was going to ask because I've seen those pictures. Um, I don't I don't remember what we were shooting at the time, but it was like my first couple weeks in the position. I started seeing these pictures and being like, wow, Bob Hope was here in Door County. That's awesome. Yeah. So he I always wonder, like, what the heck drew him up here? And what was it like for this tiny little town of a, maybe a couple hundred people? to have this incredibly famous guy walking around town. And it turned out it was a connection with the Coles family. The, a member of the Coles family was on the board of the National Railroad Museum. They were trying, in Green Bay, and they were trying to get Bob Hope to come up for an event to dedicate this uh, train car that uh, I think like donated from the British that was like the Eisenhower train car from World War II. And Bob Hope was a friend of Eisenhower, so they thought, oh, we'll try and rope him into coming for this dedication. And somehow, after a lot of like phone tag with his manager, his manager just calls up sometime. He goes, hey, Bob wants to get away for a week. If he wanted to come up, would you have a place for him to stay? And could it be like the week after Labor Day? And of course, the Coles family, who the Coles family is uh, at the time owned Horseshoe Bay Farms. And they had some beautiful homes right in cottages right on the water there. And they were like, yeah, of course, we'll do this. <laughs> and so Bob Hope ends up coming up with his wife and one of his sons and just hanging out with the Coles family and bumming around Egg Harbor. So I guess he would just walk up and down the street, usually twirling a golf club over his shoulder and stop in Gilson's Variety Store. And he runs in there and a I guess, uh, I think it's Ava Gilson was in the back room and she would just kind of always be open. Like the store was never closed until like midnight. But I guess she would be back there watching TV. And if you stopped in, she'd come out and uh, ring you up and stuff. But if, if you weren't there, she'd just be watching TV. So Bob Hope walks in and just walks back into their living room and ends up sitting down and just hanging out watching TV with them in the back of the room of the Gilson Variety Store. And he, I guess he would just hang out with, and chat with her for hours. But yeah, people were super excited. There were, you know, rumors flying all over. Oh, is, I heard Bob Hope's in town. Oh, I saw him at the Red Owl. Oh, I saw him at Casey's or I saw him at Murphy Moore's. And yeah, tons of, I, I, in researching it, I found a lot of people had these photos with Bob Hope. Some people had photos of him when, when they were little babies, Bob Hope holding the kid and stuff. So it was kind of cool to look into it. That reminds me of a story that Glenn Timmerman told us for our history of cherries in Door County video that we did, where he talked about the cherry camp at Horseshoe Bay Farms and how in order to incentivize all of the, the young kids to come up for the summer and, and pick cherries, 
they partnered up with uh, the Green Bay Packers and would bring some of the the members of the Green Bay Packer team to come up and they would be uh, like camp counselors and yeah. they would kind of watch over the kids. So that was a big incentive for the, the kids to be like, oh, I get to go hang out with my favorite football player all summer long if I do this cherry camp thing. Right. It kind of reminded me of, you know, last summer there was a lot of buzz when Sam Decker, the NBA player, and Olivia Harlan, the ESPN announcer, were getting married in Door County. And there was a lot of talk going around, or oh, we saw them at the Bayside, or we were hanging out here, or are you invited to the wedding, or are you working the wedding? There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And I imagine that was ramped up times about 10 back in, in Little Old Egg Harbor in 1972. In researching this, and then the comments that I've seen online since it came out, there have been people who say like, oh, he used to, yeah, he was a regular in Egg Harbor. He'd come up here all the time. I found no evidence that he visited more than once. Uh, that could be wrong. I mean, there's not like a lot of documented evidence, but that 1972 visit, you know, it was on the front page of the newspaper. It got written up a couple different times about him being there. And Egg Harbor actually named him an honorary citizen of the town uh, for being a good egg. And But I, as far as him being a regular Door County visitor, I did not find any evidence of that. I like how your touchstone for famous people coming to Door County were the was the NBA player, and mine was Rain Wilson and Holiday Reinhorn coming up last year for the Door Kinetic <laughs> Arts Festival. And that, and that was a big deal, too. Yeah, I didn't cool. uh, I didn't get Rain to hold my baby, but... <laughs> you, I, uh, it would be somebody else's baby at this point. That's true. I would have to go grab another baby that would and be, be like, yeah, hey, hold this baby for me. It's not mine. I don't know, but I just need the shot. But there's more. In the magazine, Jim Lundstrom wrote a good piece on Dunes Lake, which I've never been to and didn't even know what that was yeah, until I he started talking about it. And it's just kind of... Hidden gem where you can go and kayak and um, well, not anymore. Now yeah. there's an article about it. <laughs> That's what we do here. We unearth all the local uh, hidden gems and get the locals ticked off at us for doing so. There's some that are off limits. There's there's one particular place I will never write about. I thought you were just about to tell me what it was. Nope. There's some that are off limits, like this and this and this. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like you said, Aaliyah wrote about the kind of the burgeoning DIY shops up here. There's kind of a, a DIY scene here for like uh, do-it-yourself retail. I mean, there's hands-on has been around for a long time, but then these three new places all popped up last year. Um, just a lot of a lot of good stories. Alyssa Skiba came back and wrote one on called When Clay Meets Fire. And it's all about some of the potters and how they different techniques for firing pots. And Len Villano got some great photos of the process. So I think the, the pictures in here are amazing. And the stories are really great. I, a lot of stuff that I never knew comes out in the magazine each time we put it together. So, and as somebody who does this for a living, if, if I don't know it, I'm assuming a lot of other people don't know it. Right. Well, speaking of Aaliyah, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about Bloody Marys and DIY shops in Door County. Uh, but definitely pick up Door County Living Magazine. It'll be out pretty much everywhere on Friday. Uh, anywhere that you go in Door County, you'll be sure to see it. Um, so grab yourself a copy and read through the, the cool issues that we've got coming out. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Pankin Island who worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan. And they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. 
To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the Cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back, and I'm joined by Aaliyah Kidd, Lifestyle Editor for the Peninsula Pulse. Aaliyah, that's your new title. You're the Lifestyle Editor. Yeah, that's a little bit more than just the food or multimedia. Right. Well, and Lifestyle Editor makes me want to, like, come to you for advice because I need somebody to edit my lifestyle for sure. It's pretty broad, that's for sure. <laughs> so, Aaliyah, you wrote a couple articles for the Door County Living Magazine issue that's coming out this week. Uh, you wrote about Bloody Marys, and you wrote about DIY shops, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we get into that a little bit? Let's talk about uh, Bloody Marys first. So, uh, where did you go, and what did you try? Well, Bloody Marys are a favorite brunch item. I'm a big fan of Bloody Marys. Um there are places around Door County that are known for Bloody Marys. So we stopped at a few of those just to hit the high spots. But of course, there's lots of bloodies all over. But the ones that kind of stood out to us, we covered. We covered four. So the first one was Peninsula Pub, which is just over on County Road. It's right by Stone's Throw. Yeah, it's right across from PC Junction. Yep. Um, they have a list of about seven Bloody Marys that have different flavors including uh, Bacon Bloody Mary. So we covered that one, which includes a fresh slice of bacon on a stick in your Bloody Mary and bacon-flavored vodka. So that was yummy. I am going to have you go to the very basics with Bloody Marys because I've never had one. Really? I've never had a Bloody Mary. Um, I think of them as just spicy meat tomato juice. (laughs) So maybe you can help me wrap my head around what they actually are. And, of course, when I think Bloody Mary, I think about the ridiculous, like, Leaning Tower of Meat version. So what is a Bloody Mary at at its core? At its core. Yeah, because that is one thing that is interesting about the Bloody Marys as a recipe is it can really vary based on where you're ordering them. Um, So there is not really a very set standard, but the core ingredients would mostly be it starts with the spirit. So you've got vodka and that's always the base um, typically and tomato juice, spices, Horseradish sometimes if you if you like it spicy. Um, what is that one thing called? Worcestershire. <laughs> Wor- Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I just kind of put it all together and just <laughs> hope that I'm right. Yep, some of that, and then you know, there's a lot of different additions. The spices include pepper, celery salt. You can add in you know garlic salt, hot sauce. Uh, steak sauce, you know, you can get pretty creative from there. This sounds disgusting to me. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and say it. I don't like most of the things that you just listed off. So maybe a Bloody Mary is greater than the sum of its parts and I should just try one. But I, I'm not a big fan of spicy. I don't really like tomato juice. Mm-hmm. And then when you start putting meat in my drink, mm-hmm. I start to get a little weird. Yeah. So I don't know. Who would you recommend for like a great beginner Bloody Mary? Like where can I go to set the standard? Um, Husby's has the good standard bloody, I would say. It's not too spicy. Um, the consistency to me is important and they have a good consistency. It's not too watery. It's not too thick. And I would also say if you don't like, if you're not super into kind of like that, those savory style drinks or don't like it too spicy, there are, um, you do want to put citrus in it. So lemon and limes are commonly also involved. Okay, so tell me about the the leaning tower of meat on top. What is what is the meat component to Bloody Mary? Uh, the garnish sticks, I would say, is usually <laughs> what we call them, but I like to refer to it as the meat component. Yes. 
um, which, you know, not all of them come with meat, but I would say the standard garnishes include a celery stick, uh, usually a cube or two of cheese, uh, olive, sometimes some pickled um, garnishes like um, pickled asparagus or pickled mushrooms or pickled little Vidalia onions, um, different items like that. And then, yeah, we can also do bacon or a giant meat stick. <laughs> Is yeah. Bloody Mary a cocktail or a meal? It it can be both. Oh, good. But and then sometimes it comes with a chaser too, so you even get a little beer as you you have a meal plus a little drink to follow it. So if okay, would you classify a Bloody Mary as a soup? Because it's mm. it kind of sounds like you're describing a soup to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean almost. It's it really kind of crosses all those lines, which is why it does stand alone in its um, own category of cocktails. Is it weird that I feel like I might be more accepting of the concept if it came in a bowl? Is that weird to say? That is pretty weird. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people use Bloody Marys as kind of like hair of the dog in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What's that whole uh, mythos? Yeah, I think it's if you went out and had a few too many potentially on a Friday or Saturday night, it's pretty acceptable to start on Saturday or Sunday morning with a Bloody Mary. And I think it's maybe just it has that little extra substance. So it's not like you're going straight to just a a beer or a cocktail mixer. It has enough to put something in your stomach if you're feeling a little queasy, plus a little vodka. And that does take the edge off, some say. (laughs) So tell me about the different bloodies that you tried for the article. Yeah, so we've got the Husby's one, which, you know, they are known. They are a favorite spot for Saturday, Sunday brunches, um, that one is kind of that classic one that I would say is good for beginners if you're not a big bloody fan or want to get started someplace. But then the Peninsula Pub bloodies, the bacon bloody there is really delicious. It has that extra bacon flavor if you like that. And then we also tried Kitty O'Reilly's down in Sturgeon Bay has a little extra flavor, which is a Guinness beer float. Hmm. So if you like Guinness... That adds a little bit of that flavor. They also have more cheese than the other ones. They have the Renard's cheese whips on the top. So it's a lot of cheese, basically. And then... Okay, now the the more cheese you add, the more it just becomes pizza. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is tomato juice, right? That's the base? Yeah. Okay. And then there's Bloody Mary mix, right? And that's all the different spices and stuff that you add. Yeah. I would say I'm not a big tomato fan myself. Um, So it's not like there's generally, I wouldn't say tomatoes come through as a strong. It's the spices that really kind of kick up the flavor. Okay. Uh, We also went to Hatch and they have a really interesting Bloody Mary there. They use spices from the Jamaican door. So it's Jamaican spices, jerk spices used in the Bloody. So it does have a little different flavor than your standard Bloody. They also use a noodle straw, which I thought was pretty cool because everybody's trying to get away from the... Single-use plastics. Sure, I was going to say now it's spaghetti. Yep. Like, why <laughs> can we just decide that it's one thing instead of making it all sorts all of stuff? things that can be anything you want? Yeah, this one's got ground beef and beans, and it's our chili Bloody Mary. <laughs> hey, something there. Okay, who's got who's got the biggest Bloody Mary? Where can I go for the absurd lots mm. of meat Bloody Mary? Well, I'm not sure about ounces necessarily, but I it's on my list to go down to Smashed on the Rocks in Algoma. Um, I've heard from other people in the office that it's kind of an insane Bloody Mary as far as the garnishes go. So maybe per weight wise, it might be the biggest because I believe it comes with like a little burger and some cheese curds or something like that. Yeah. Good. Because if I'm going to, if I'm going to really dig into this spicy meat soup, then I'm going to need as much as it's got to be gratuitous if I'm going to try right, it. I'm not yeah. just going to go get a nice cup this and be, be like, oh. This can be potentially lunch or dinner. Or both. Or both, you know. 
So I don't believe they're open yet. So they're opening up and I'm planning to go down there and get the info on that big, big bloody. So why don't we move on to the other article that you wrote about DIY shops. Mm-hmm. DIY shops are kind of a, a new big thing that have started to roll up into Door County. Of course, we've had them for years with places like Hands on Art. Uh, but there's a lot of new kind of smaller, more focused places that are coming up too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last two years, there was three that really have popped up and they all focus very much so on doing that DIY option and giving uh, customers that experience of creating something themselves. So what are the three that have opened up recently? Um, So first it's Stone Silo opened in 2017 and so that's attached to the rusty tractor. Taylor Havel is the woman who owns and operates that. She leads workshops basically so It's more of like a plan ahead, make reservations in advance to partake in the workshop. The workshops sell out often, um, but you can come in and make, you know, different signs. She makes platters. It's really a lot of things that you could see on Pinterest, but you can make it your own, obviously. So the reason she got started was because she was making things herself for their little gift shop. And then, of course, she was being asked, how did you make this? I like to make this. I'd like to make this with, uh, you know, my own customization, my own family name and my own scenes. So she's kind of, you know, she got asked enough where she's like, hey, I could hold workshops and actually, you know, people can have the opportunity to really make things their own. Right. Yeah. So then in 2018, both Reclaimed and Clink Studios opened in Ephraim. They are less than a mile apart. So that was an interesting side to their story. But they both kind of targeted that area, knowing that there's a few shops in there. Blue Dolphin Studio. There's the Gelato Place. um, There's the Home Goods Spot. So that's a cute little area and people like to stop in there to shop. And um, so Reclaimed opened, they are also a consignment shop and they are really focused on signage, creating your own signage. And this year I know they're adding a lot to their products. So that will be a new feature for them. But then down the road is Clink Studio. They are more self driven, so self-guided projects. So you can come in, pick something out. It comes with like the project will come with the instructions and you kind of guide yourself and take your time through it. You don't have to go, you know, at the group's pace or whatnot. So it's very relaxed. Families of all ages or something for everybody. And then Reclaimed kind of has that group guided style. Right. I've been into Reclaimed uh, and saw their kind of workshop area and it's really cool. It's all They've got these big windows right by it, so it's all mm-hmm. natural light, and it's kind of got this um, warehousey or workshoppy feeling to mm-hmm. it. It's kind of open, and they've got all the supplies that you need there. Uh, so that looks really cool. I haven't been into Clink, but I've driven by it a lot. Mm-hmm. The the DIY art stuff is really cool. It's a great way for people who, even if you're not like, if you don't consider yourself to be artistically inclined or or super creative, you you find that it's actually really easy to do some of this stuff as long as you've got a good guide. Right. Moving you through it. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with like a paint and sip. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people think that, you know, I can't draw or I can't paint or I've never done it. But then they go and it, it's broken down in such a way that it's, it's really easy to, to pick up. And getting artistic or getting creative in, in whatever way it is, whether it's, you know, painting or drawing or making a sign or anything like that is it's such a powerful way to kickstart your brain and mm-hmm. to, to learn a new skill and to or even just to like spend an evening with your partner or your kids or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's a really great way to just kind of like indulge that part of you. Right. Yeah. When I talked to everybody, it was just it made sense for Door County, too, because, you know, Door County is such an awesome place for being outside and hiking and biking and swimming and boating. And then you've got awesome food and awesome shopping, of course. But, you know, 
not everybody wants to do that all day, all week, all weekend or whatnot. And hey, if the weather is not great either, you know, what else can we do? So it is just a fun option additional to all of the other great things in the county. And like you said, it's a great way to spend time with your family and friends outside of, you know, drinking and eating and all the outdoors. Right. Well, and like when my when my parents come up, uh, they're they're not particularly outdoorsy. Like they like to drive around. Um, they ride motorcycles, that kind of stuff. Uh, but my mom is super creative and really artistically talented. So I always try to take her to hands on art and get her in front of like the potter's wheel. She loves mm. doing that or doing the painting and stuff mm-hmm. together. Uh, last year we did like a self-guided canvas painting um, and my sister made a birdhouse and all this kind of stuff. Nice. So that, it was it was really fun just to kind of indulge in that side of stuff yeah. because like you said, there's so much to offer up here. But if you're not necessarily taking advantage of the outdoors or the water or if the weather's just bad and right. you can't, then it's great to be able to still do something that is together. Mm-hmm. But then you also get to take home something for your house as well. Exactly. Sometimes the weather is almost too good. That's the other side of it is you can only spend so many hours out in the beautiful sunshine when right. you kind of need a break and switch things up. So air conditioning and uh, some refreshments is nice. Well, cool. I think that's just about going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much, Aaliyah, for chatting with us. Of course. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.